they're not leveraging webinars as an actual engagement channel. They're using webinars, which is designed to be the best two-way communication channel that marketers have. They're using it as one way. So it's just like a presentation that might as well have been an email. You're listening to Content Logistics, a podcast for B2B marketers looking to build a content engine that drives revenue. In each episode, Camille Trent interviews the marketers behind the best content marketing flywheels and uncovers the tactical aspects of content production from first draft to first customer. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Content Logistics. I'm your host, Camille Trent, and this episode is brought to you by my good friends, Tristan and Justin over at Motion. They're a podcasting agency for busy B2B tech marketers looking to launch podcasts just like this one. So my quick plug for them is if you've seen my podcast promo posts, you know, they're pretty top quality. They stand out in the feed. They look great. And that's because they're the best at what they do. Unlike other agencies that I've worked with in the past, there's also no hand holding needed. If anything, they're holding my hand other than me holding the agency's hand, which is pretty refreshing. They're very on top of it. They know what they're doing. Definitely check them out if you're looking to launch a podcast. So webinars are kind of a a dirty word now. We're still doing webinars, but we're calling them shows. We're calling them lives. Like the marketers have rebranded, trying to take back the webinar because it's become like 15 minutes of introductions, 15 minutes of here are my credentials and why I'm great. (laughs) A good 30 minutes on the product. And maybe if you're lucky, like five to 10 minutes sprinkled in there with some content, right? But probably content about how to use the product. So that's what we're working with here. And why I wanted to bring Ashley Levesque, who is the VP, or as I said earlier, the VIP <laughs> of Bonsai, which Demio was just acquired by Bonsai. So Ashley is has hosted hundreds of webinars at this point, And she knows all about what I just talked about. She's seen it all. And so she is going to be talking about what marketers get wrong about the webinar and how we can make it right. So Ashley, without any further ado, if you can just tell me what you're seeing in the webinar landscape and what marketers are getting wrong. Yes. And just so much of what you just said. So there's so many things that come to mind, but I'll distill it into three main points. So the first thing which you touched on is that marketers are creating what they're calling top of funnel webinars, what they are promoting as top of funnel webinars, but then you get on and they're showing you a product demo. So that's the first thing. They're not leveraging webinars as an actual engagement channel. They're using webinars, which is designed to be the best two-way communication channel that marketers have. They're using it as one way. So it's just like a presentation that might as well have been an email. (laughs) And the third one is just bad marketing in general. It's like marketers are saving all their bad habits just for webinars. So they don't know their target audience and they don't know what their target audience really wants. So I call it the desired outcome. Well, I don't call it that. A lot of people call it that. I just adopted it. But really understanding like what your target audience wants to achieve and knowing that it's not your product and service. Like you're using Demio as an example, right? We built the world's best webinar platform. And yet the marketers that we target every day do not wake up every morning thinking, my goal is to have like a great webinar platform. Like that's not the thing. So you have to frame all of your marketing outside of that, which 
I feel like we as marketers know, but for some reason, when we get on a webinar, we just like ruin it. We just do all this bad nonsense. And so that those are the main things that I'm seeing. Yeah, no, I love that. The thing that came to mind is I was just kind of reading up on, you know, creating categories, right? Creating categories in marketing. And one thing that I think Christopher Lockhead said that stuck with me was like category leaders win when they talk about the category and not the product, right? Like they back up and they create that space for their product, right? Because they are talking about the problems like we're doing right now. Like we're talking about the problems of webinars, right? And we're talking about like when and why to use webinars, how to get better with webinars. And if you give people that information, then they're like, okay, I'm bought into webinars, period. And then like when they think about the vendor, they're like, well, who helped me with the webinars? Like who knows a lot about webinars? And then they think of Bonsai. But that's kind of like how it works to catch everyone else up. And it is like a super hard balance because sometimes marketers stay too top of funnel, in my opinion. Like you, we just talk about like, what is marketing? <laughs> What is the webinar, you know, but then you can go too far of going like to bottom of funnel to like, this is our product. This is how it fits in. And so understanding like where the webinar lives, I think is important. So for you, do you think of it as top of funnel, middle of funnel, bottom of funnel? Like, how do you think of it in terms of the marketing landscape? All of the above. I mean, this is really where webinars shine is that they are appropriate everywhere in the funnel. So I've seen companies do great success with your general top of funnel webinars, just like you said, very thought leadershipy, very educational, really appropriate for people who don't know your brand, don't know your service, don't know your product. Then using webinars in the middle of the funnel when they are ready for sales demos, product demonstrations, case studies, and then at the bottom of the funnel, using it for customer onboarding, feature announcement and releases, training. Like, again, if we reframe webinar to be an engagement relationship building opportunity that marketers have, suddenly we've opened up the scope of what a webinar can be outside of just a sales motion, which is how too many marketers are using it right now. Yeah, that's, that's super smart because it reminded me of we're doing a webinar at Dooley right now that is being led by the CS team, right? And she even yeah. mentioned um, Scarlett, who's running that. She's like, oh, I love Ashley. Like, I learned so much stuff from her. But basically, like, they're running that. And a lot of that is for our, our own customers, right? But it can also be, you know, someone who's thinking about using the product, someone who just got started with the product, maybe is on a free trial. So that kind of stuff is more like that one's called Schooly with Dooley, right? So it's like walking you through like how to use the product like from a tactical standpoint but that might not be right for what the marketing team is going to do right and I like that like our CS team is able to like have like their own webinars that addresses like our customer needs this is more customer marketing I've seen ClickUp do that really well too mm -hmm. and then yeah and then like but you can also start with why webinars right and like just good webinar tips like I've seen you do in the past. So, so those are some ideas like to get listeners thinking. Tell me about a few underrated webinar tactics that marketers should use instead. We've talked about what to do, what they're doing wrong, what should they do instead? Yeah, so this kind of goes back to the idea of marketers not really understanding their target audience, but we need to better understand the internal drivers of that audience. So this is a story brand notion, right? That Companies sell to solve external problems, but buyers buy to solve internal ones. 
we need to be more in tune as marketers to what those internal drivers are, because it's going to get us a lot closer to what their desired outcome actually is. This goes back to the Demio example, right? Like they don't want to buy a webinar platform. What marketers want are target marketers. They want to feel confident and they want to look good doing their job, which is to drive revenue generating campaigns. And one of the channels to do that is webinars. They want to know how to do it well and they want to get promoted. Okay, so now I've got like a really good handle on how I could frame topics and ideas for webinars for people who are wanting to learn more about how to be more confident and how to get in front of the camera and how to get promoted and how to look good, right? How to do their job really well, how to drive marketing to revenue, all that kind of stuff. So that's the first one. And that really requires marketers to really talk to their customers. And I'm not seeing a lot of marketers doing that right now. I'm seeing a lot of marketers depending on you know, sales teams or CS teams as kind of the conduit to the customer. And there are so many missed opportunities there, right? So sending surveys, digging into your CRM for sure to figure out like where are their sales objections that you can be, you know, creating content around. But we also started doing Ask Me Anything webinars, which has been so, so successful for us and was really designed as just like a formal way to say, what are your questions? I'm going to answer them in real time. Like, what are your real questions? I'm going to answer them in real time. It's like market feedback in real time, right? Like I'm learning about my target audience as I'm teaching them, you know, to Scarlett's point about like how to run better webinars. It's sort of a win-win. The third thing that I always recommend that I think is really underrated is what I call the webinar arc, which is this idea that your webinar purpose is actually to take your audience from their current state, where they are right now, to a state that's a little closer to where they wanna be. So that goes back to their desired outcome, okay? So the webinar is designed to just move them. Over the course of the webinar, they should go on an experience that lands them in a place that is not where they started from. That's the only intent of your webinar. That is the only thing you have to do. And we as marketers need to remember that depending on where it is that they started from, that end place is probably not going to be sales, right? So this goes back to like, who are they and what do they need and all that good pain point language that marketers love to throw around, which I sort of hate. But the idea is like, again, if my target audience has never heard of me before, and this is my first interaction with them is on a webinar. If my expectation is at the end of that webinar, I'm going to send them to my sales team. I think that's a miss. You know, I think that's like we didn't do our job to bring them over the bridge enough. So I call that the arc. And that's just an easy exercise that marketers can do before they start building out a webinar to make sure they're on the right track. Nice. Okay, perfect. So now I'm going to dig into that sort of customer journey a little bit. So how do you think of it? Because there's different frameworks, like there's like that 5.1 that I usually go back to. But for you, like, how do you think of the steps and where people are and where you want to get them? Yeah, so a lot of people are still using the framework of like a marketing and sales funnel. So I think that framework just makes sense to a lot of people. So I, I still use that idea of like, where are they in your funnel? Although I prefer to talk about it 
in where are they in their journey to what they want. So this goes back to the desired outcome, right? Because the funnel, as we know, was like a construct created by businesses for us to track them in relation to our sales cycle, but it doesn't accurately reflect where they are in their buyer's journey for the most part. So let's go back to Demio's example of like a desired outcome being, I want to confidently feel good and look good running webinars that actually do something for my business, right? I want to be able to go to my VP and say like, look at the great conversions that I've had on webinars. Look at the great uptick in email subscribers that we've gotten because of webinars or whatever your goals are. So if the very first thing that they've ever experienced is this webinar in our relationship to them, right? I know my job is needs to be something that helps them feel a little bit more confident, brings them a little closer to their goal. It's not going to be the whole kit and caboodle in like one webinar. So I'll create topics around how to feel more comfortable in front of the camera, how to practice, how to design a webinar outline, how to pull data related to your webinar to show it to your VP. I mean, off the top of my head, I can think of, you know, like 30 or 40 different examples that are not going to bring them to buy Demio's platform at the end of that webinar, probably, but are going to bring them a little closer to, oh, I now believe that webinars has the power that I'm trying to relay back to my exec team. And I think I feel a little bit more capable in running them to get that result. Yeah. So that makes a lot of sense because really it's like content marketing 101, right? You, you went through like different how-to options that you could write up as a blog. And so I think the key point there is it has to be actionable, right? If you're going through the more actionable, like the webinar, I think in general, the better. It can be like strategic and high level still, but still something that you can apply to your life. And so if they're able to walk away from that webinar and do something about it, like apply what they've learned in some way, feel like they have I've actually learned something. I think that's a big check mark. Like then they're more willing to return and perhaps like get farther down the funnel if you want to think about it that way. Or if you want to think about it in terms of like problem aware, solution aware, product aware too. Like that could be another way of thinking about it. So that was just one something that stood out is like it's like we're overcomplicating it. It's content marketing, like it's sharing like relevant. That was a big point that you hit on, like know the customer find out what's relevant to them and then yeah, make it, make the content good and actionable. And if they feel like they are meeting like some of those internal needs, like little by little, like then that is success. Like that's moving them along and you're not going to be able to do that pitch. Like in, in one hour, bring them from like zero awareness, like to hundred percent bought in like that, that is a stretch. And so trying to not think about it that way and not get, not feel rushed, I think is what happens to a lot of marketers. Okay. So my next thing here was just your aha moment with this. So I don't know, like there's obviously been a lot of different webinars out there, different ways of going about it. We've talked about how we've all been to like the pitch webinars and it can be tempting because you want to like make the webinar worth it. Like you want to include your product there somehow if like your brand is backing it. So when did you realize that this was the better way to do it? And how did you refine your process? So we started doing these AMAs that are called Ask Me Anythings for webinars that we do. And we open up to our entire network. So this is for prospects for us. This is for customers for us. This is for anybody under the sun who has questions about webinars. 
And we frame it specifically as kind of a candid moment. Like I show up with beer. It's meant to be like, you know, we usually schedule it around 4 p.m. Eastern and we call it a happy hour. It's also consistent. People expect these monthly AMAs to happen. So like if you miss one, you can come to the next one. And on the registration form, in order to register, they are required to submit a question. So the whole concept of this is like, all right, cool. I'm hearing you. You hate webinars. So let's put the content back in hands of the attendees. Like, what do you want? What are you most interested in when it comes to webinars? What are the things that are keeping you up at night? And we have literally hundreds and hundreds of registrants. And very quickly, I learned that they all have the same questions. Like, it doesn't matter what their industry is. It doesn't matter what their company size is. I mean, sure, we're mostly B2B, so they all have that kind of in common. But everyone fits into a general category of webinar best practices. How do I start? How do I promote? How do I manage content? What do I do if I'm on a small team? How do I get them to show up? And then what do I do with them? Those are like the main buckets. And suddenly now we have like a framework that we can design, right? Because we have clear stages, right? Of this strategy, of this process. And by creating these categories, outlining them in real time and saying, guess what? There are 600 of you on this call and you all decided that there are six things. There are just six things to a webinar. Like that's it. So let's like stop thinking this is big and overwhelming and scary. You all had the same questions. And then we just do them. One, two, three, four, five, six. I answer questions. I, I give like what I've seen work really well. And they answer each other's. Like they are in the chat. Like, oh, I tried this. Oh, I tried this. And suddenly we're literally at a happy hour, like solving real problems. And from that, we're seeing like an uptick in trial users for Demio, an uptick in customers and an uptick in other content. You know, like Scarlett was saying, like part of what we pride ourselves on is we know you need more than just a great webinar platform to run great webinars. So we're going to also teach you how to do it so that you feel confident, right? So you can do what you need to do. It's a double package and you have to do both, like you were saying, in order to actually make your customers successful. So we've been doing that for a couple months now and it's, it's also a lot of fun. I really enjoy them. Their end of the day, it's like, oh, I got my Sam Adams and let's just get into it. Yeah, yeah, I love that. And part of the reason being is because like talk shows, whether you like them or not, like they work pretty well, like the old school, like, call in, ask your question, you know, like get to talk to like, the host, like whether or not like that person is is actually famous, or is just like a thought leader, or is an expert, like, you're talking to like this person that runs webinars, right? In your case, like, it's perfect, because like, I'm talking to someone who's doing this right now, <laughs> successfully. And so, so there's that part of it that works really well for webinar companies specifically. But I thought about this as I've seen a kind of a resurgence like of the AMA, right? Or like of the getting people involved like in the event, because otherwise it is just a podcast, right? <laughs> like it doesn't need to be live. And if you're not like using those questions and it has a different sort of energy to it. And I'm a big fan of repurposing these four podcasts. And so I wanted to quickly like get your thoughts on that of when you are doing this AMA style, if that lends itself well to a podcast, like, is it still easy to repurpose? Does it get a little like messy when you do it that way? Like, how are people engaging? Is Do you have to give them permission or people raising their hands? Like, how are you guys doing that in the virtual space? 
So on the AMA itself, the way that I operate it is, you know, we do a promo session for maybe three weeks ahead of the AMA. Like I mentioned, the question is part of the registration. And so as I'm prepping for the webinar, I'll start collating those and I'll start to bucket them into these groups so that by the time the AMA comes along, I'm clear on these are the six main things we're going to hit on, right? So the AMA itself, first of all, I always recommend live events should be repurposed into on-demand events. Like that's just a basic 101, especially for something that's evergreen like that, where these six categories, people are always going to have questions on these. They're not going out of style. So why would I not throw it on my website and continue to generate leads without having to create new content? Like that's just an easy one. So we do that every time. And now I have all sorts of options. We also do videos like slicing of videos. So we'll do everything from the entire video. Sometimes we'll put on YouTube and reframe. We could take those six individual sections that I mentioned and each one of those is its own video. We'll do the rounds on social media with that. We'll then take those slices and create a blog post. So now I have six blog posts. So I've got on my blog post, I'll add that video because we know video performs really well on long form content. So now I've got that video showing up in multiple places. I'll give those pieces as sales enablement. That comes up a lot too. You were mentioning, you know, customer training type webinars. We do that a lot at Demio as well. And inevitably we get strategy questions, right? So we're training them on like, here's how you use the system. And inevitably someone will be like, well, how do I know if I should put it on demand or not? Well, Ashley just did an AMA and we have this beautifully sliced video that literally answers that question. So there are just so many opportunities and I'm glad you asked this because this is the number one thing that comes up that I hear from small marketing teams, which is we don't have enough resources. We don't have enough money to run a webinar strategy. But when you think about the content that can be created from one live webinar and how long it can last you, it's really, you're just missing out on so much opportunity. Yeah, no, I've seen that for us as well. Like in even turning them into ads, right? You can use it for like organic social and you can even sort of test it out there and just see how it performs. And like, if it does perform well, like throw money behind it. But if not, don't like you can even like test it out and protect yourself against spending more money slash like, keep that you're like maybe this is like you said it's a question a commonly asked question and we have this asset for it now and we can kind of keep that in the archives and so there's just so many ways that you can use it and so i think if it's just the webinar that it's hard for people to wrap their mind around because it's like 10 people showed up 20 people showed up that's just like how it's going to be at first um and potentially for a long time, it's really hard to get everybody together on like a schedule, but then like repurposing it, I think is where a lot of the magic is. So, okay. So now this is a logistics content podcast. And so I like to just walk through and like, make sure that we've like checked all the boxes. People feel like they can go out and do a webinar afterwards. So as part of that, who should do a webinar? I think we've kind of touched on this, but like, is there an ideal industry, an ideal stage of like, who is a webinar right for? My go-to is any business or sales model that requires relationship building, which is pretty much all of them. (laughs) Unless for some reason you really either don't have a sales motion that requires like interaction of any kind. But again, because we talked about webinars, you know, being perfect for every stage of this process, 
there are very few businesses or industries or types that I would think wouldn't be served by having a two-way communication channel with somebody, prospect, you know, customer reactivation. I can't imagine what that would look like, but Again, this is why we have to reframe the webinar. The, a webinar is not just a sales tool. A webinar is a two-way communication platform that is designed to build a relationship with somebody. So use it that way. Perfect. Yeah, these are kind of just going to be like bulleted, like walkthrough. But okay. everybody out there, yeah. go start a webinar. <laughs> yep. Okay, so strategy. Walk me through like how you set the strategy for a marketing webinar. Okay, quick checklist. So number one, you do have to design a webinar goal and it should always impact a business goal. So right away, if you're starting a webinar strategy by thinking like, what topics should I do a webinar on? Like you're already off base. You start with a business goal. What are my quarterly business objectives? What are the business objectives for the year, whatever? And then how is marketing impacting that? And then, okay, how is my webinar going to impact that? So you have a webinar goal, right? That has to have KPIs and metrics to help you know if you were successful. We talked about the webinar arc. That's step two. Okay, so now that you have a goal, now start thinking about who's your target audience that's gonna best be served by the goal that you've got and what do they want? What do they need? What are their internal drivers? What's gonna help serve them and how are you gonna bring them from where they are to where they wanna be? Then you can build webinar topics. Now that you know your people, where they're at and where they're trying to go, now, just like you and I did spitballing like five minutes ago, we have all these ideas of different topics that are gonna serve them. Pick one and then promote. That's basically it for the beginning part of your webinar, at least. Obviously, you should do something with them after, but just to get the webinar off the ground, that's basics, four steps. Perfect, yeah, and then just to reiterate, it's not about just spitballing topics. Like there is a step before that that is very important. So just emphasizing that one. Okay, so Mm -hmm. preparation. So right before the webinar, like now what? Like you know what to do, you know who like the guests are gonna be, but like what's your checklist here? Yeah. So when I think about guests first, I like what you said at the beginning, which is I go to a lot of webinars that seem to be guest driven, like the shiny name was what got all of my people there, but the content is severely lacking. And what's going to happen there is you're going to lose all of your attendees. First of all, they're going to bail like halfway through all of the accolades that you're listing off for your guests that nobody cares about. And they're going to be mad and you've now ruined your reputation, right? Like, You do one bad webinar, by the way, in the same way that like you write one bad ebook and you've now like infiltrated the market with a perception. If you have bad marketing, you have a bad product. Like that's just the way people think, right? So when I think about guests, I think about, is it gonna serve my content, right? So I'm running AMAs and 80% of my prospects coming in are asking about how do I know when to kick my webinar attendees to sales. The majority of the people want to know about this. So that in turn gets me thinking, maybe I should bring on a sales rep. Maybe I should bring on an SDR to have a conversation about what the handoff looks like and what the expectation looks like and what the qualifying looks like. That makes sense, right? When I am doing partner webinars, we do a lot of partner webinars. I show up with clear expectations, a creative brief and a timeline and a promotional calendar. So Having done a lot of webinars and having literally hundreds of asks in my email every single day, like, will you do a webinar with me? 
let me just say the worst way that you can ask someone to partner with you is to send them an email and say, what do you, do you want to do a webinar together? Like, what do you think we should do? No, don't do that. Come, right? You've got a webinar arc. You've got KPIs and a goal. You aren't starting from zero. So stop putting your expectations on your partner. This is a collaboration. So what are you each bringing to the table? You need to design a shared promotional calendar. Make sure that it's clear and organized and leveraging off of each other. It's like, you're going to do social this day? Cool. I'll make sure to get in there and write some comments about it. And I'm going to do social this day and you do the same. And all of our employees are going to do it. And suddenly we've got this beautiful spider web of like how we're actually using each other's network to infiltrate this event. Did I even answer your question? Yeah, this, this is the preparation <laughs> part. Okay, good. So, so exactly. So yeah, any other tips like around around preparation, like things that you have to do beforehand? Yes, definitely rehearse. I recommend, especially if it's your first webinar, to actually test your entire webinar funnel. So that means like make sure you're testing your landing page optimization opportunities, how your registration is operating, email notifications and reminders, what those look like. Absolutely be sure that you're testing your actual script and presentation if you have one, that you're really comfy inside of your platform and that you are testing your post nurture flow if you're doing that as well. So we wanna again, think about like the holistic experience that our attendee is having with all of these touch points that represent our brand, not just the presentation itself. So definitely that. And of course, like if you're someone who gets nervous, if you're someone who needs a little bit more prep time, take it, like block it out on your calendar that you're gonna write an outline, that you're gonna practice. This doesn't have to take up a ton of your time, but it can help you feel more comfortable. Ask for feedback, do a presentation in front of somebody, do it in front of the mirror, do affirmations. I don't know, whatever like you need, whatever your thing is, but I still write out outlines to this day because it helps me stay on track. Otherwise, I'll just start talking about random stuff and suddenly I've forgot your question like I just did five <laughs> minutes ago. So <laughs> yeah, stick well, with your I outline. Mean, yeah, yeah. You know that like I sent you an outline for this. So I have that one like check out of the many. But yeah, but it really is just as much for the host like as it is like for the guests because it's like you said, it's so easy to like get off track and to just like get chatting, which is fun, but not super helpful or actionable for everyone else. And so if it's a business, yeah, if it's a business webinar, if it like has a purpose, which it should, because right, you're starting with your business goal, and you're working back from there, then for me, like that's been helpful to have an outline to make sure I don't completely go off the rails, which hopefully I'm not doing right now. Okay, cool. Well, uh, another question, though, was the tools that you use for the calendar. So you mentioned like, a shared calendar, like a shared understanding of those promotions. Do you recommend anything for that? I do it in a straight Google Doc. Like I create a Google Doc. We have a template that we use and we just copy it for every partner that we do. And it just outlines clear expectations. Like here's what our promotional calendar looks like and the dates. Here's who's in charge of creating the actual content. If we're each building slides, here are the deadlines and timelines associated with that. Here's what the outline of the slides look like. Like where I find that partnerships really like fall down is just in the communication of responsibility. So I'm big on just like get it visible and transparent and in one place. So you're working off of one document and then you can use that as kind of your launch pad for the rest of it. 
Yeah. And I think the big thing there is Google Docs. Like everybody has Google Docs. Like don't overcomplicate it. Just put it yeah. in one place, share that thing so that other people are in that place. <laughs> like that's exactly. That's <laughs> okay. So then promos, best practices for promoting the content. We've already kind of talked about this with the calendar, but any other things that, that need to be included, hashtags, tags, that sort of thing. Yeah. So starting all the way back again, like creating your content, create a title that's not boring create a title that's like going to grab someone's attention. Your intent is to stop them from scrolling, right? So we do a webinar called how to run a webinar where people don't leave in the middle. Much more attention grabbing than something like the five tips to a successful engaging webinar or something like nobody cares about that. That's stupid. And it sounds like every other webinar title out there. So if I'm trying to position myself to get registrants, then I have to grab their attention. And this is what I see people screw up all the time. Same thing with graphics and video. So I'm a big proponent of video promos. Like when I do webinars, I'll do a 30 second video promo that says like, hi, it's me. This is who you're going to see. It gives them a flavor of who I am and my energy and my personality. And again, gives them a little more control. Like, do I want to go see this person speak? Like, We don't need to take 20 minutes to do my credentials at the beginning of the webinar because I already gave you a little bit of like what I've got to bring for you. You know what I mean? And I lay out like three key points. And this also shows up on the registration page. So my messaging is the same. Here's what you're going to get. Here's what we're going to talk about. Here's what we're going to engage with, period. So transparent, easy. But again, like bold colors, like provocative titles, like be a little risky, I think, because you have to be. It's a red sea of webinars and most of them are terrible. And if yours is going to be good, then make sure you're at the front of the line. I love that. So I started thinking about it as you said it, something like another like light bulb went off of. So earlier on in the episode, you talked about like the presenter being like the hook for most people and that not being a great idea. Like that's only going to get you so far. And the preparation and the research and the questions that you have prepared are like what makes it good content. And so I think for the copywriters that are listening to this, because it's my content podcast, if you think about it in terms of like the title being like the copy and being like the main like driver, the story and the person like the presenter being social proof right and like the brand that's attached to that those are those should be more support and like social proof like for this content but the real like seller like is the story and like the story should be evident in the headline right and so I don't know like why that just like hit for me but like having the brand and like the person like carry it is like is not enough like I need to see like what the story is going to be what I'm going to get out of it hundred percent. And the thing that I'll add to that is your presenter does have to be engaging. So I get asked a lot about like, do I send my subject matter experts in to do the presentation or do I send in the receptionist who doesn't know the content, but is like highly engaging and people want to like hang with her. And I always say the receptionist, you can train her on the content for an hour. It's sometimes a lot harder to train content or subject matter experts on how to keep people engaged. Because the truth of the matter is like, again, it could be a blog post. And if that's true, then like, we don't need to be here talking to each other. There are three reasons that people leave webinars early. One is 
The content was not what they expected, which is a problem in like transparency. And again, a problem with people saying it's top of funnel when it's really a product demo. The other reason is that the presenter was too salesy, which we also talked about. And the third reason is that the presenter wasn't engaging. They're just like Ferris Bueller's teacher up at the chalkboard and nobody wants to, I don't have time. I'm My time is precious. Like I'm going to spend an hour listening to you. That's ridiculous. So we do have to make sure that whoever is presenting, it is more important that they are engaging than that they have a lot of clout, I would argue. Yeah, no, that's a great point. But also it's knowing like your audience too. Like I've always been surprised like with what's engaging like to an engineer, for instance, um, what's engaging for a salesperson like versus a marketer. And so understanding that too is like, it could be different like than how you describe it. So yes. So next thing, so live, like once you go live, what are some tips to make it good? Yeah, stick to your outline. People who get nervous sometimes black out. This has happened to me before when I first started speaking and I used to be an actress. So I would get on stage and do a scene and I'd come off stage and I'd be like, I have no idea what just happened. Like you just kind of lose track of yourself in moments like that. Outlines are designed to keep you on track. So check your teeth for spinach. You know, I keep treats, dog treats. I learned that from Demio's co-founder, David Abrams like handy just in case the mailman shows up and my dog starts barking, just set up your environment in a way that makes you feel confident and secure and then just do it. Half of the battle is just like showing up and doing it. And the more you do it, the better you will get. You have to practice. That's just part of what it is. Yeah. I've had like some, one like mortifying experience. It was like my third podcast of of just completely blanked, like had the questions, but like couldn't look for it. And I was like, well, like, I guess we're cutting this part. Yeah. And I guess that is the beauty of like starting with a podcast first and like backing that into a webinar. That's just a good way to practice talking to, I think a lot of customers helps, but yeah, just also just being cool with it. Like being like, well, like, I don't know. I don't know like what happened there, but we're going to move on. (laughs) Okay. So repurposing content, we talked about this a little bit. So maybe you can kind of go through your bullet points, but best practices for repurposing webinar content. If it's evergreen, put it on your website. Make sure that you are leveraging the great work that you did. This is the other part about repurposing your webinar is we know it took a lot of work to do that content. Like, why would you just one and done it? Just because the live event is over doesn't mean that your content should go to die. Like, put it on demand for sure. Snip it into multiple different kinds of videos, leverage it across social, definitely blog posts, podcasts are great. And also don't forget sales enablement. Make sure your sales team and your CS teams have access to that content too. Beautiful. Yeah, those are great tips. Okay, so email, like how does email play into this both, I think on the promotional side and then after the event, how many times like should you be emailing people so that they show up? And then also how many times, if at all, should you email people afterwards? So I like Demio's cadence. Demio automatically sends email notifications for you if you'd like, which are just reminders, confirmation. And then we do like 24 hours, 15 minutes, an hour, you know, just to kind of say like, it's coming, it's coming, get excited. I have seen companies leverage and kind of hold on to the recording instead of giving it to everybody, they will use it as like a carrot to get people to show up. So they'll say like, you can only see this content if you come, we're not sending a recording. So if that's the case, 
great. Otherwise, I do recommend you send it immediately following your event. Demio does this really easily too. It automatically can just go out and you don't have to worry about it. So in terms of other emails, I go back to like your webinar arc. So like we talked about, they started in one place, they, they ended the webinar in another place, and that's where you are now picking up your relationship. So again, thinking about what's going to bring them closer to what they need. Is it, you know, access to more content? Like, do I need to continue to, you know, nurture them via email on here are other tips and tricks, here are other kinds of content you might really like? Depending on where they are, is the next step for them to go to sales? Maybe it's an intro to my SDR or my AE to say like, okay, you're ready for that product demo. So it really depends. But the point again is like, you're picking up where you left off. So don't forget about them. Don't lose the chance to stay with them and um, make sure that you're paying attention to some of the cues and intent data that you might be able to learn from the webinar itself. Who was chatting the most? You know, one of the best things that I love about Demio's platform and the analytics is I can also see like who was most attentive, who stayed on me the longest, who downloaded the handouts that I provided, who clicked the links that I provided. Like I can see all of that to help me also understand who might be ready for the next step so that I can make those decisions wisely. Okay, cool. So so does Demio then segment for you a little bit in terms of like, oh, we can progress this person to the next stage, we can put them in like this nurture, or like, how granular does it get? Does it tell you who actually attended? And then lets you know from there, like where they're at sort of on their journey? Yeah, so you can see basic registration data, basic attendee data, you can see focus data. So what was, you know, when did people start to trail off? (laughs) Not when did they leave the webinar, but when did they like maybe open another browser or like start looking at Slack, we can see that. So from a best practices standpoint, that also tells me like, oh, yeah, I lost everybody at 20 minutes in because I told that like rancid joke that nobody thought was funny and like that I'm going to not do that next time. And then it provides data on the engagement tactics. So I can do handouts during the actual event, like PDFs. I can like send that out over the platform. And then on the back end in the analytics, I can see who clicked on that, who actually downloaded that content that I provided. Featured actions are the same thing. They're call to action. So there are URLs that I can send off at any point and I can see who clicked on that. And then polls. I can see like, you know, who voted for what if I used polls and I can see who chatted when. So I have a whole chat log so I can see like, oh, Mike, you know, was 100 out of the 200 messages in chat. Like Mike had a lot to say. Might want me to follow up and ask if he has any more questions or like, did I answer all of your questions? So it just helps me make informed decisions about what to do with these people based on what I learned from them over the course of the event. Nice. Yeah, perfect. Okay, so last thing really here as far as the framework goes is resources. So what resources do you need in an ideal world to get this done? So is that is it in-house? Is it some freelancers? What do you need to create a successful webinar? You definitely need a good platform. So you need something that is going to be seamless and easy for you to use because like we have mentioned, webinars are scary and they're super overwhelming and you want it to be easy for you and your attendees. So find a platform that eliminates the friction and makes your life easier, not harder. So that's one. And two, you know, we have a really small marketing team and we do everything in-house. 
We produce it. We promote it exclusively ourselves. We use Reach, which is a really incredible product of Bonsai's that touches a proprietary audience database that invites them and gets butts in seats. That's what we say about Reach, which is like awesome. It just elevates your event registrations. And we don't do very much paid social or paid advertising for our events because organic hits our numbers the way that we want it to, which is great. But I think what's more important than number of resources is just kind of the well-oiled machine. So the, the great thing about webinars is the process and even to an extent the content is all repeatable. It's something that you can, you know, once you get it going, you just have to copy, paste, edit, <laughs> copy, paste, edit, you know? So I think the hardest part is always just going to be the first one that you do. And then once everyone has like their roles in that, you just do it again and again. And it kind of just becomes, you know, hopefully a really results impactful part of your marketing strategy. Nice. Yeah. Now that that answers uh, that question for me. Okay. So like, what does a win look like though for this? If you've done like a great webinar and obviously it's going to depend on you know, on like the type of business, but maybe talk about like a win that you guys have experienced and like when this sort of really started working. Yeah. So I just get really excited when attendees will tell me afterwards, like, thank you so much. It was exactly what I wanted. Like the content was exactly what I signed up for. It was more than expected and I'm actually using it. Like when I see on LinkedIn that Scarlett is like, oh my gosh, you know, I've learned stuff from Ashley that I'm applying to my own webinars. When I get an email from Scarlett where she's like, when are you doing your next webinar? Like, I want to come, you know, that is really powerful to me. We have customers that are seeing like great conversion rates and like, I can talk about all that stuff too. And like our signups and our customers, but like, I think the hardest part of marketing sometimes is just the building blocks, which is like, how do I create content that people care about? And so when I get people in my inbox that are like, thank you, it worked, it did what I needed it to do, and I can't wait for the next one, I'm like, okay, that's success. We nailed it. Nice. Yeah. I mean, just defining what good content is and then being able to like get to that point where you're delivering in a repeatable way. It's like, it's so hard to get there to like get to the flywheel. Cause like you said, that first one is hard, but it's so worth it once you're there. Cause everything is easier. People like you. It's just a good place to be. Okay. So just next steps for, for marketers, what advice would you give them? There's still going to be people that are like, yeah, but like, I don't want to be on camera or like, yeah, but what if it doesn't work for me? Yeah. What if only five people show up? So what advice would you give uh, marketers looking to launch a webinar? So I definitely would push them to a free trial. Demio has a free 14 day trial where it's just the risk is so low. You don't have to pay for anything. You don't have to do a credit card. You don't even have to run a real event in front of real people. Just see what it feels like. Give yourself a chance to practice with your colleagues, to try to understand how long it will take you to create content, to put together a promotional plan, to build a webinar arc, just start doing it without the headache of, oh my gosh, I'm doing my first one in front of a live audience and I have 600 people on the roster and I've never done this before. If that freaks you out, then do a free trial. It's like an easy gateway to success. If that doesn't freak you out, <laughs> if you're someone who kind of thrives on like the ability to just jump in and do stuff, then just start. 
you know, the biggest barrier that I see is all of the questions like the what if or I'm scared or I'm overwhelmed, like totally. And all of those will still be, you know, relevant for you. The definition of bravery is being scared and just doing it anyway. Like you want to see results, you're expected to provide results. So what do you have to lose by jumping in and just knocking down the checklist that we've outlined here today? Again, remember the AMAs that I've done, it's like six pieces. It's not a million pieces. It's just six. So just start with one and work your way down the list. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. So I think a theme of this, not webinar, I guess, but this podcast is just do it, right? Just do it. Uh, well, yeah. Just do it. Okay. So just how should people or where should people go to learn more about you, about Bonsai, just about webinars in general? Yeah. So I'm on LinkedIn, Ashley Levesque. Definitely find me. I do a lot of webinar talk. I do a lot of marketing talk and I love talking about stuff like this. So definitely make a connection. Demio is at demio.com. That's where you can hook up your free trial. And Bonsai is B-A-N-Z-A-I dot I-O. And you can kind of see some of the cool stuff we're doing over at Bonsai. We're creating a really great ecosystem for engagement marketing that Demio is a part of. So I mentioned Reach earlier. We've got some other really cool products that you want to check out to help make your events really sing. So yeah, definitely connect with us in any of those places. Perfect. Well, Ashley, thank you again for joining. And I think I'll be signing up for some webinars soon. Yeah, thanks for having me. I can't wait to see you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Content Logistics. This episode is produced by Motion, a done-for-you B2B podcasting agency for busy marketers. If you liked what you heard, please follow the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts.